Welcome back to the Tipsy Theology Podcast with me, your host. My name is Paul. <laughs> and who is this wonderful gentleman sitting next to me? Hello, I am not Tom Jones. I am <laughs> Dion. This is Dion. <laughs> and for you audio listeners... There's someone sitting next to me. Yes. Or I am. the freeloaders, as I like to call them. <laughs> <laughs> Only the people that pay are able to see us. <laughs> oh, bless their hearts. Uh, uh, sorry. Um, you should definitely be here. It's much better on this side of the <laughs> of the mic because there is going to be a drink somewhere in this. Uh, yeah. And there actually are some visuals. Oh, nice. On this. Oh, yes. Today, I'm going to try not to break oh, anything. Yeah. <laughs> Don't break it. Let's see. Here we go. Today, I've brought a um, a box, and this box is <laughs> the box. The box, for us. <laughs> the box itself is from the Jose Cuervo Family Reserve Tequila, and this box was hand painted by the people of Tequila Jalisco. Hmm. So the Jose, Jose Cuervo <laughs> family every year commissions a art competition in order to showcase um, different artworks from uh, Mexico. Uh, they typically will ask a Mexican artist to design the box. And once they choose who the artist is going to be for the year, they, they have that artist, they give that artist resources, money, hmm. the whole nine yards. They get a, a commission to actually design this box. And then they also have to teach the people of Tequila Jalisco how to actually paint. So cool. Hand paint this <laughs> box, right? So what's really cool is they make a limited number of the uh, Family Reserve Tequila. This bottle, by the way, is completely empty. And there is a reason <laughs> for that. It's delicious. It is very delicious. <laughs> Um, but every bottle itself comes with um, the candle wax top. Um, it has the number um, of which bottle you actually mm. receive for that year. And it has the date in which you actually receive. And the date correlates with the actual box that you have as well. So the, That's so cool. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful piece. And every year it's very different. And I think the beautiful part is that the Jose Cuervo family is uh, still to this day the only uh, – Mexican family that still owns a tequila farm mm. in in uh, Mexico. Oh wow! And they continuously reinvest back into the people of Mexico um, by making sure that they're not just you know kind of like getting free labor or anything like that. Like they actually are That's teaching cool. them new skills. Um, they bring them to their family ranch in order to teach them new skills. And this was one wow. of the skills that they wanted to teach uh, because they wanted to actually promote the arts. Yeah, in, um, and it's in Tequila Jalisco. So it's really well painted too. Like it's, it looks like a print. Yes. So they they ha they make um, for a lot of them. It d just depends on the design. Um, okay. They make a stencil for them. Okay. And they once they do the stencil again, every box will be very close to mm. each other, but they won't be exact. Um, you can cool. actually when you go to the liquor store, you can 
they may or may not let you see two of them side by side. <laughs> Most of the time they won't have um, multiple of the same year. A lot of liquor sense. stores will have maybe two or three years back. Just depends on how long it takes okay. them to kind of like cycle through them. But yeah. Um, yeah. but you'll notice that there are some differences whenever you get in. It's, it, they're sometimes hard to detect. Some others in the past, hmm. way hard and not as hard because they like look simpler. very, very distinct. Yeah, some, okay. of the, some of the designs are just... Um, are really unique, uh, mm. but but they're really really cool. I mean, it's it's a every yeah, it's single so cool. one of them is a beautiful work of art, and I've had this box again since <laughs> two thousand and seven. Um, amazing. Yeah, but uh, I've kept it because it was my first. Yeah. Um, I have had others. Um, nice. We won't put a number <laughs> to how many I've had, but I have had others. We like to celebrate uh, collections. Collections. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes. It's my. This is my tribe. I feel like I found my tribe here. Uh, but yeah, like it's, it's, uh, I've kept several of them and I've given several away. Um, just because, again, it is just definitely kind of a very beautiful piece of art. So it, it looks, so cool. it looks really great in anyone who has like a small bar or something in their house, you know, oh, like yeah, it looks it's a great piece. Fantastic. So especially, I love the colors they have on there too. It's like yeah. a nice sky, light blue. Yeah. Is your main background and then got some black and like a maroon? Yes. There's like a maroon and like a deep gold. gold. Yeah, yeah, that's in here. A there's all sorts of little of guys all over the place too. Yeah. I think that one's my favorite. That guy this right one? there. Yeah. So they I don't uh, know what he's holding. They actually <laughs> like we don't it's it's more tequila, Paul. That's what oh, it is. It's more tequila, yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you'll notice this particular design was um, really kind of a, a um, reflection of the architecture, yeah. um, the yeah. pyramids that are in Mexico. And again, mm. they they love artists that reflect like what Mexico, like who, what, you know, kind of the identity of Mexico. Cool. Yeah. So a lot of the, they have some very abstract pieces. Um, Cause this one's almost like an optical illusion in some ways. A too, little bit. All the different shapes and patterns. Yeah. If you look at the, like the corner, you'll notice that this building really kind of looks like it, it actually it turns out. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So it's, um, this one was a very, I love this particular one. So I went to cool. school for architectural engineering. So this one really appealed to me, but it's, it's, it's a fun one to really look at. And I, I've, when I, um, have had it, you know, kind of sitting out, like mm. I've seen like family members and friends just kind of keep turning it around. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you know, just because like, it's so much to see here, you know, yeah. and it's, uh, yeah. you never get bored of kind of looking at it. So, you know, it's, it's a nice piece. I like it. I, I really, love that. really like it. Yeah. And so I want to say, too, before we jump into drinks and everything here yeah. and really dive into it. Sure. Um, so you are, I met you here at Catapult. Yes. Um, for those that don't know, <laughs> Catapult is like a co-working space, I guess you yeah. would call it. Yeah. Incubator co-working thing. It's, so they're, they are actually going to start saying um, more that they are an incubator shared okay. space. Um but it, it, it seems like they push that direction. correct. Yeah. yeah, and I think part of it is uh, just a maturation process for the for the organization as a whole. Makes it's sense. a it's a nonprofit organization that's focused on entrepreneurship and trying to build the economy for the local for the city, right? Yeah. But when um, they first started, again, it was they started in a basement and then they kind of grew up into this mm. gorgeous multi-purpose building. building, right? Yeah. And um, I think you know when you get such a huge resource, 
um, it's a little intimidating, you know, Absolutely. And, <laughs> and intimidating to kind of figure yeah. out like, how do you shape this in this city? Right. And yeah. whether it's really going to run. And I think they've had some really huge success, um, with different entrepreneurs that started here, mm-hmm. Mike and Mike desserts and, yeah. you know, different uh, Citadel, um, cybersecurity company. There's mm-hmm. a number of different success stories, they yoga studios, uh, black yeah. and brew, you know, and so now that they've started to see that success, they're, they're starting to own that incubator, mm. you know, um, kind of category. Cool. But I think before they were afraid that if they named themselves as an incubator, that it would come with this connotation of resources that they didn't have at the time. Mm. So they just mm. wanted to kind of mature. But now I think, you know, because of all there's the success, of you know, to offer. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot more to offer. I mean, that the, the the physical building hasn't necessarily changed, but I think mm. the resources and the amount of uh, people in their network has changed. And yeah. and I also I know for a fact that they're working on an actual incubator fund um, that they can help mm. um, entrepreneurs to you know, kind of cool. accelerate their business and whatnot. Yeah, so it's it's such a great concept. I I'm learning more and more about the thing that I'm a part of. <laughs> <laughs> this is your orientation, Paul. This is great. <laughs> I, I need this. <laughs> No, I feel like, I don't know here. if it's my personality, what it is, but I get like the least orientation whenever <laughs> I join something new. And I it's always you. like, oh, that's surprising. <laughs> I told you that. Like, yeah, what? <laughs> how did I miss this? <laughs> so it's, it's funny that you say that, though, because today we were actually having that conversation about how they do have a lot of resources, mm. but a lot of people don't know how to navigate those resources. Yeah, and so they're sense. working on trying to better align some of the resources that they have to the people that actually need them. Mm. So they're going to be, you know, amping up um, a lot of the interviewing process and the follow-up, you know, cool. advisory boards, things of that nature to really yeah. kind of get to know some of the entrepreneurs that are here and that's really cool. try to figure out like, what do, how can we help you? Yeah. But they also have an appreciation for the folks that um, need this as a shared space, you know? Mm. Um, and because there are a number of, for example, nonprofits, I, you know, came yeah. here um, under the guise of like, you know, continuing the nonprofit work that I was doing in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Um, there's Grace Church and other mm-hmm. churches that are here that are doing nonprofit work. Um, Take Heart, you know, which is a retailer yeah. that does not, is a nonprofit also. They appreciate the fact that they just need a space to really kind of like, Mm. perform administration or yeah. um, do networking yeah. to learn a little bit. Like that. Exactly. Strong towers space. like that. Yeah. yeah. And they know that they can still benefit from the same entrepreneurial network. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. some of the same resources, but they're, but they're going to get more refined in where they point some of their, you know, kind of uh, the resources that are allocated to the funding that they have. Mm. Right. And they want to make sure that they stay true to the purpose of the nonprofit and to the purpose of the funding that they get, you know, so oh, they want to make cool. sure that they continue to accelerate the businesses that are working here, hmm. especially those that are really kind of go-getters and want to, you know, kind yeah. of uh, yeah. be successful and can contribute back to the local economy and create jobs and things of that nature. You know, they've, again, they've had some really great success. It's just a matter of being more intentional about focusing on some of those folks and mm. then allowing, you know, uh, there to be a continuous network of, of people that are here that can yeah. still help support and uh, actually give you an audience. You know, um, if you if you have a business, it, it creates an audience for you that you can test different things. Because the cool part about having that research and development kitchen downstairs is 
every once in a while, we get to try some of their stuff, you know? <laughs> it's true. It's you know, perk. Mike and Mike desserts became, I became a fan because I got free cupcakes here, you know? Yeah. So like, <laughs> yeah, and you got to try them. Right. I got it's to true. try them. <laughs> and so, you know, yeah, like it's, it's, uh, cool. it's a cool, it's a cool organization, but. Anyway, lovely lake in Florida. Yes. Uh, Catapult's cool. <laughs> And uh, cool. you should look into if you want to come down here and start something. Yes. We love local in Lakeland, and I never want to see that disappear. Yeah. And agreed. so places like this are really special to kind of they make are. sure that reality and that culture continues. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Totally. But agree. yeah, so I got introduced to you here. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Were we talking about that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> my little, my little like side tangent. <laughs> You're a storyteller. That's what makes it so fun. It's true. It's true. Um, but yeah, so we met here and... Uh, you asked me what I was doing, and then I asked you what, what you do. Yeah. And the first thing you said, which we'll talk about it here in a minute, uh, was, oh, I, I, I'm on the board for a circus. <laughs> and I immediately went, huh? <laughs> it is. It's, it's funny. I've actually started telling people I'm a part of the circus. That's and then, awesome. And then it's like, <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> you know, like, like, I watch it. I watch it. I'm a very professional watcher. And I make sure circus. others can watch it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, but, but before yeah. you know, uh, before we jump into all that, though, yeah, because I know there's a lot, and I want to talk about there is, it as there much is. as we can. Okay, <laughs> <You're> like okay. <laughs> uh, sure? Actually, I have, a, I have a gift for you, though. Oh, okay. It's this. It's this lovely box. Okay, I. It's I, not we like boxes. Just a cardboard <laughs> box. And I'm not going to share nice. it because my our address is on it. Okay. Oh, I should blur that. <laughs> Here, let me let me rip this open. Okay. For you. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing your Christmas present. <laughs> I, <laughs> hey, kiddo. <laughs> hey, I'm going to tell you, like Christmas started in Disney uh, November 1st. So you're late, man. <laughs> That's true. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm a, I think scarcity should be respected. <laughs> I do. I, I, I don't I'm a disagree day after with Thanksgiving you. Personally, personally. I don't, I don't disagree with you. Okay. I, I will tell you <laughs> that, um, they started the first Halloween party was basically in August and literally for almost uh, two months I was going to Halloween parties because no way. Disney dictated that uh, <laughs> Halloween had started. This so. is Halloween. <laughs> this is Halloween. Anyway, I've started opening your gift for you. Okay. So do you this, have any idea what this is? I have zero idea what this <laughs> is. Awesome. Okay. It says, it's not magic. It's you. This should be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. It, it is me. Are you Isn't sh- that great packaging? Look this is that. really great packaging, by cool? the way. Let's let's move this aside yeah. so we can at least see the visual here. Say, the other side says, "Magic meets science at magicmind.co/learn." Yeah, look at that. And what we have it's here, a booklet. There's a booklet. You can read that in your own time. All right. <laughs> Get the most magic out of Magic Mind. Oh, this. Oh, this should be very yeah. interesting. All right. I think so because you do a ton of a ton of stuff. Yes, I do. And uh, I'm sure you're chugging coffee to some degree. <laughs> I am some wake chugging up coffee to an insane Just toss that degree. Yeah. To be quite honest with you. So this um, is cool. Have you ever seen this before? I have not seen Magic Mind. Oh yes. Yeah, so these we, cool oh. little shots. Okay. And, I feel uh, like I'm setting up a display at uh, Trader Joe's right now. Right. <laughs> so Magic this stuff is, mine is great. I you can find me drinking it in the morning sometimes. Okay, if you pay attention. <laughs> Nobody does. Nobody does. No one pays attention in the morning. No, Paul. No one does. But okay. so I caffeine affects me a lot. Okay. 
I don't know how it affects you, but if I drink some yesterday, yeah. I'm still jittery today. Really? Oh, it, it hits me hard. Oh, wow. And so this, it's got like uh, a little bit of caffeine in it. Okay. You can drink it like with your coffee, which I do sometimes. Nice. Like take a shot of it and then drink your coffee. Um, or you can just drink this. It's got like a little bit, like like ah. it's like 35 milligrams or something like Magic that. Magic Mind Productivity Shot. And it's amazing. I don't get any jitters when I have this. It says it's subtly sweet. Is that true? It's a little, you want to find out? I do you sure. mind if I steal one of yours? Uh, no. Just shot it together. I, that's what gifts are for. They're for sharing. <laughs> I'm the worst right gift now, giver right now. I'm like, here's a gift. Let me open it for you what's, and then partake in it. <laughs> what's What I really like about this packaging is that it says it boosts energy and focus. Yes. It crush procrastination mm. and it elevates mental clarity. That... That's exactly what it it's does. It's like all the things that I need for sure. <laughs> so I want you to try it. Okay. Um, and let me know how it goes. Okay. Because I've noticed a difference when I use it. Subtly it's sweet. It's amazing. All right. Subtly sweet. Let's it see. Keeps me honest, you know? <laughs> okay. We're going to see. And we're going to take a, because alcohol is a downer. It is. And this is an upper. Ah. So I think it'll balance us out. Okay. <laughs> So we're going to go up first and then we're going to come back down we're and we'll level right out. <laughs> so cheers to you. Cheers to you, man. Thank you for this. Mm. Is that nice? Oh, that is nice. And it is subtly sweet. Yeah, you wouldn't expect it. I, d I did not. Because I, I first thought it was going to be bitter when I first tried it. I got to tell you, every time I go to like Trader Joe's or something and I see something green, I'm immediately thinking... There's kale and there's all types of <laughs> bitter greens that yeah, are in there. Yeah. But this is this is good. This is Isn't it nice? is definitely subtly sweet. I yeah. like it. And wow. it's all uh, all natural ingredients. I love it. And that's what I love a lot about it. <laughs> I'm not just pumping my body with chemicals, but it's like yeah. actually stuff that's good for you. This is really cool. And you can recycle this bottle, so let's not throw these away. Oh right? yes, you're a better citizen than me. <laughs> <laughs> Do I more. Throwing them across the room. <laughs> Do more and stress less. I like that. That's that that's really cool. Thank you for that. That's that's oh. awesome. That's really awesome. Yeah, of course. Thank you. And now that's uh, cool. we got some drinks. We got some drinks. Right. Some drinks. Yes. So you finished yours, but I managed to find another one. It's not doesn't have a cool box. Oh, but nice. it's this cool blue box. Very cool. I was I'm a reposado guy personally. All right. And that's what I was looking for, but they all only had the blanco. Okay. Oh, it was actually kind of funny. So. I went there today because it was one of the few places in Lakeland that sells this this kind. Okay. Plantinas? Nowhere else really carries it. Okay. Um, I think they're very specific about who can carry it, too. Uh-oh. Good catch. <laughs> and, uh... Can you hear me? Oh. Yes, there you go. <laughs> very good. We'll just make sure that, uh... That stays connected there. A little, uh, little headphone mishap. <laughs> Yeah, it's not... Uh, Are you not hearing anything? I don't hear anything. Check your... Right up on your ears. Oh. Maybe that got unplugged. There we go. Is it Hello? Oh, there, there we go. You we're are. back. Okay. <laughs> and All we're right. back in action. We're back. All right. <laughs> so uh, I went there and he was, I was like, hey, do you do you have, you know, the family reserve? He's like, oh, of course. I'm like, oh, very good, my man. <laughs> nice. And then he's like, well, we got the Blanco. I was like, well, do you have a Reposado? He's like, of course. <laughs> and then he's like, it's uh, it's right there. So I pick up this box. I'm like, it's empty. He's like, Ugh. <laughs> So then he starts digging around for stuff. He's like, oh, I found it. Oh, dang it, it's not it. 
we were probably in there for 15 minutes of him just searching. He's That's like, I, I'll have it Wednesday. I'll That's have it. Hilarious. I was like, well, I need something today. So then I was like, well, let me find something else. And then uh, that's when I texted you. I was like, are you okay with Blanco? I gotcha. And you said yes. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, let's do this one. He's like, okay, just because it took so long, I'll give you, I'll give you a good price on it. Oh, nice. I was like, I love this man. <laughs> it's, like awesome. he's, it's like he's sponsoring the podcast without knowing it. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. I love it. But yeah, let's, let's dive into this. So it's like you can sponsor this podcast for $20. <laughs> And it's a cool little box. It's a little that damaged because they had a sticker on there. Sorry. So this is Jose Cuervo Plantino. Yes. Oh, so this is a Blanco. Look at that little. Oh, man. So I got to tell you. So f- my, I won't get into the full story, but my first <laughs> experience with tequila was in oh, Tequila yeah. Jalisco at the Jose Cuervo Family Ranch. Yeah. Wow, that's beautiful. Is that what it looks like? That is exact. Well, um, might be part of the ranch. <laughs> yeah, it is. That is part of it for sure. Yeah, but that's it's it's um it's a beautiful place. Yeah, they can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> it's they it's might. <laughs> they might. They'll they'll pick up their own. That's what they'll do. That's they'll what go you pick need up to their do. own. Jose Cuervo Plantino Family Reserve. That's awesome. I love that seal on the top on that wax. Yeah, it's a it's a nice touch. It's a beautiful touch. The the cool part about um, having my first tequila at the Jose Cuervo Family Ranch was, um, they. They took us on this tour, and as we're going through this tour, and I think I've told you this oh, kind of long nice. story, right? Yeah. I know. I think I've, to I've you. told you this long story, but it's uh, you know they when as they take you through the actual you know distillery, yeah, yeah, they have these little setups where you have all the different tequilas, and they'll show you the process as you go through. And so I cool. was taking shots at every point. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> you were meant for this podcast <laughs> because I had no idea. It was my fr- like literally, I had never had a, an alcohol other than wine. Oh, your your very first time, just other than a red wine. Whoa, red wine was the only thing that I had ever tried before I tried this, <laughs> and I had only tried red wine for the purpose of cooking with it. I just oh, wanted to yeah, taste yeah, it. Yeah. And understand what it tasted like. And then I went to the Jose Cuervo Family Ranch and I, you know, get there and I don't know what the effects of tequila are. <laughs> but I'm with apparently an entire group of people who do and was cracking up at me not knowing and just allowed me to go through the entire factory just like That's taking incredible. shots. Yeah. I don't even know how many shots I took. But I do know <laughs> that by the time I tried this Blanco for the very first time, yeah, that I had um, this was probably number eight for me um, within two hours, like literally within two hours. Was, so your shirt was coming off. Well, not at that moment. It's a whole nother night that I don't remember at this point. <laughs> it's like I was dressed the next day, and that's that's all that really mattered to me. <laughs> that's for, true. That's so. true. But this is this is great though. This is this is little, really great. Let's get a little cork pop here. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, it didn't yeah. pop like a little. <laughs> no. They, me. <laughs> they did, no no no. It doesn't pop that much. They they uh-huh. they seal it with the wax in order to like really preserve it. Oh, that's cool. That's why they don't really kind of make it difficult. Like, and and as the um, that makes the, sense. I don't know what you call a tequila professional. Like he's kind of like a sommelier. Like a I guess tequila monier or something. <laughs> <laughs> 
Drunk is probably the more party guy. science name. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't trying to get all technical on here, but <laughs> yes. it's a little crazy. You know, I know my right. stuff. <laughs> you do, you do, you do. But yeah, he um, he told us that they, they don't want it to be. Oh, yeah, I think that's good. Well, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. We got a whole hey. bottle to go. We'll, we'll see. There's there's no shame in seconds. I like the fact <laughs> that you have your mason jar. See, I want to I want to like get the same amount that you have. Oh yeah, I was gonna say that I'm a. Mason I drink out of this because I'm a degenerate. <laughs> no, I don't know how it started, but my one of my buddies in Ohio, this is all he had to drink with. <laughs> so he has like a whole go, set of it, or like he just had like a couple. Didn't even match. Some of them were blue. You know. <laughs> I love this. I love it. And uh, I love it. This is what we he he bought like a hundred and something bottle of whiskey. <laughs> And we drank it out of these mason jars. <laughs> and so... Um, this is my kind of friend. I like him. Yeah. So I've just always <laughs> had... Like, this is just what I drink out of now. That's awesome. I love it. I love I it. I have a couple other nicer glasses, but yeah. I don't... There's something special about this. Dude, why don't you... Like, this <laughs> should be your thing. Like This is this, my merch. <laughs> this should be your merch right here. Like, I don't know why... Instead of ball, it's just going to say tipsy Now theology. I'm offended that I have this classy <laughs> guitar right here. Like... Who am I? Like, no, that's reserved for royalty. I don't. I don't no, I want to be that guy. <laughs> I want to be that drunk guy. That's that one right there. This you is, know, it definitely paints a picture. It does. When you're like, I drink this out of a mason jar because I can't be bothered <laughs> to find anything else. And my jam in the morning, and then all it says is, I'm not trying to put on airs. I'm here to get drunk. I'm here for a good time. <laughs> Not for a long time. I'm just time. here to party. <laughs> right. We get tipsy, by the way. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You would think that we already were, but we're you not. You know, it's funny. Most people are, um, are okay with that when you say that. At least Christians. Yeah. A lot of them are like, oh, tipsy, yeah. I met someone recently. They're like, hmm. nope, that's just as bad. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't win. <laughs> you, you met you met somebody pretty hardcore, I guess. I did, yeah. yeah. So we, had, we went to do a little scripture tour. Oh, okay. I was like, this is why I think it's okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it's fun. Anyway. Yes. We're going to so. get tipsy off of this. Cheers. Cheers to you. Cheers to you. Cheers to Jose Cuero. It smells so nice. Ooh. That's smooth. You know, I don't know how to describe it besides, I feel like I'm getting like smooth. a, it tastes like sandalwood. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> it's the barrel. So mm. here's the thing. When you're, for this tequila in particular, um, it's the third sip that you actually get the full flavor. Oh. Because the first sip. Got to coach your mouth. You do. Your first sip, it shocks your palate. You feel that tingle mm. on yes. your tongue? I love that. <laughs> That's because your tongue doesn't recognize the flavor. Oh, interesting. And it's trying to educate itself on what that really means and then the tingle starts to kind of subside a little bit yeah but it almost feels like there's something airy in your mouth a little bit kind of like when mm. you get that sensation of a peppermint he's reading my mind <laughs> <laughs> oh this is what the tequila saw me like i wasn't so drunk that i couldn't understand what he was saying so like i, I paid attention i paid That's attention good. and you remember it for this long i do it's hard to forget when you get traumatized with yeah, a full right. day of tequila. Yeah, it's hard to forget. Um, but yeah, so that first mm. sip is really, and 
even as we're talking, like it's it's subsiding on your tongue, right? Like it's almost like going away. And then we're ready for another. And you have to take it, but okay. But here's the thing: yes. on the second one, I want you to slow down your swallow, mm. and I want you to breathe in a little bit of air through your mouth, just a quick. Before I swallow. Okay. Before you swallow, and then you're gonna actually smell it. Mm. Okay. Whoa. See? <laughs> I'm learning so much, right? <laughs> right? So the second sip, because your tongue, so your tongue, your sense of taste is the first sense to actually develop as a child. Hmm. And that's why when kids put things in their mouth, yeah. it's, it's actually a sign of intelligence because they're trying to educate themselves. I'm smart. Right? I know, right? I was definitely one of those like, put it in my mouth. Right. It's all going in. <clears throat> but exactly. But you're... Don't take that out of context. Yeah. <laughs> Not that tipsy. Um, but yeah, like... Your your tongue kind of educates your brain a little bit about what that flavor is, or at least mm. starts to catalog it, right? But your brain is like, okay, I know what this tastes like, but anything that has like a flavor mm -hmm. should also have an associated smell. Oh, so your brain triggers your 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 nose basically to say, what is it? Oh, whoa! So when you take that second sip, your it's like your brain is intentionally attempting to smell like identify it right because it wants to make sure that just because this tastes like oh, whatever yeah and i don't know what it is i need to smell it to know if there's real danger that's mm. there or to better educate myself on like what whether i'm gonna like this or not right that's is there anything familiar about it so you recognized kind of what you, you called it sandalwood, right? Yeah. So so Jose Cuervo has very, very specific woods that they use. Mm. I can't remember all of them, but they get some from France. They get a lot from Mexico. One they of them get, better be sandalwood. <laughs> probably. My I reputation's don't. all on. <laughs> it may be. It may be. That's I, Next episode, that's we'll, cool. I'll tell you what they are. But <laughs> it's, it's definitely been a long time since I remember the exact woods. But the family reserve in particular has, mm. um, I want to say that the family reserve, and I, I, I'll check myself out and make sure that I'm correct on this, but I believe that the family reserve has only one specific type of, of wood that they use mm. for the barrels, right? But that wood also um, has the, at least the, um, I think the Reposado, not the Blanco, but the Reposado has, um, it's a rum-based mm. drum, right? Mm. And then the Blanco, it's not. Um, because they want just kind of the pure um, taste of the... And, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that one, um, I can't remember the wood it is, but at any rate, it's just one wood that they have. Some of the others, they have okay. like three different woods or two yeah. different woods, but they're very specific about where they come from. That's and cool. I believe that the Blanco comes from either Japan or China. Oh, one wow. of the two. Um, but they that import that. Sense, they're doing a lot of rice wine. Yes. Which is very, mm -hmm. very clear spirit. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it comes from there. But again, <clears throat> tasted the first time. Also tastes like feet. Sure. <laughs> I love it. But it <laughs> okay. You're getting drunk off of feet. I like it. So again, first sip shocks your palate. Yeah. And your brain catalogs the taste, mm. but it doesn't tell you what the taste is. 
Okay. Keeping a secret. Second is when you smell it, yeah. right? And your brain is now like putting the taste mm. and the smell together. So your third sip is when you actually taste the flavor of a tequila. It's the true flavor. Let's unlock this mystery together. <laughs> <laughs> See it. So now Ooh. you're getting both. And you feel it coming back That's in your good. mouth a little bit. I do. See? <laughs> and even like the tingles and stuff. Not have as prevalent, flavors right? att attached to them. Yeah, but the tingles aren't oh, as that's so they good. don't they don't like so the first time you have it, it it's almost like a tiny sting. Yes. The third time that you do it, it's not a sting. It's just you know it's there. Yeah. And it's yeah. activating the exact same taste buds that recognize that flavor that's before. Cool. It allows you to swallow it. You you smell it more prominently mm -hmm. in that third sip. And then also it puts it all together for you. So you start yeah. to actually feel the warmth in your throat. You feel the warmth in your mouth. Whereas in the first one, the first and the second one, you didn't you didn't feel any that of those. Guys, a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the That's magic so of Jose Cuervo. Dang, I'm a huge fan. Right. I'm a fan. Right. And it's it's so Dang. different. It's so different when you kind of yeah. know those things about it, and you can experience sure. it. And it is the exact reason why <laughs> I drank way too much when I was there. <laughs> way too much. I can see it. Because I, I think there's a stigma about tequila in particular. Yeah. Which is. is why most people barf when they think about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's very true. Because that's most people's experience is just having way too much. Oh, absolutely. And then just well, and two, getting rid of it. <laughs> when, when I was there, one of the things that they talked about was that mm. they they have had heard and was very familiar with a lot of... Um, bartenders that would water down the product. Oh, interesting. In order to make a profit, basically. Yeah. And so a restaurant um, that serves Jose Cuervo, you know, if they weren't like really kind of a high-end restaurant, mm. would typically just kind of like milk it. You know, they would wow. water it down. And so when they water it down, it it hurts you. Like, yeah. you know, like it makes people sick sometimes. Or sense. they were putting <laughs> it in like margaritas and all this other kind of stuff, which mm. is high in sugar. Yeah. And all those things just kind of like just affect you. In a, yeah, it yeah. does. It ruins the flavor. You never really get to know what it, exactly what it tastes like. Yeah. And then secondly, um, you know, it just, it, it pumps you full of like all these different sugars and everything that it just it end sense. up making you sick at, at yeah. some point, you know. And Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. But this is one where like, especially the, the Blanco, when it's mixed, um, it doesn't have like a very strong flavor. In fact, your third yeah. sip is not like a strong flavor. No, not at all. The first sip was. Even the, the first sip, like the felt tasting like it was notes that came out in the first, I could still taste them on the third one, but they were more subdued. Right. Because other things started to Correct. pop out. Well, it's that the smell and the taste coming together. Yeah. And it's the memory of what it was like, right? And that's why that third sip is really the true flavor because you never that's really, cool. know, you have to educate, like your, you have to educate your body <laughs> to know. To yeah, you got to yeah. teach your, your body how to drink it, right? That's and that's cool. the reason why that third sip is so, so, so powerful and to know mm. what the full flavor. Now, you think about getting that in a margarita, you're not getting that. You're never going to get it. You just put whatever well you have exactly. in there. <laughs> like it's, it's like, it feels like it's not even going to matter. You you're know, right. Because it doesn't come through. Unless you're getting it on the rocks, and then maybe you can get something, right? But, yeah, because you're still sipping it and enjoying yeah, it that but, way. But again, depending on the bartender, if they don't 
mix it right. That's fair. If they don't get the right ratios and all that stuff, like mm. it can totally mess you up. And when you're like most people that try tequila for the very first time, throwing shots yep. or, you know, getting it in a margarita or something like that, all those shot glasses are watered down in some way, shape or form yeah. or it like yeah. warms it up or cools it down too much or whatever the case. But it's very, very hard for people to get like the real thing, you know? Um, yeah, for sure. Unless you, like, again, I, I think because my experience was very different, I think the only thing I would recommend is that people try a tequila at home first mm. and then go out, you know, and have it. So you know what to, what to expect. Kind of know what to expect. Of, yeah. Yeah. You know, cause I, honestly, like I think, I, I think less people would have bad experiences with tequila if they just had it at home first, you know, that makes and, sense. and yeah. gave themselves an opportunity to really know what it tastes like. Right. Yeah. I mean, even the idea of it being like something to sip, yeah. Seems very foreign. Oh, absolutely it like, is. Yeah. This is for shooting. <laughs> but look at the bottom of that bottle, right? Right. With the the bottom of that bottle the has the thumb part, right? Yeah. This yeah. is this is made like a wine where mm-hmm. you hold it and you pour it. Yeah. Like this, right? Like when they served this to us in, in uh, Tequila Jalisco, mm. they held the bottle like this and they would come over and they would just pour. That's cool. They wouldn't like I'm gonna pour this little shot thing and then throw it. Yeah, right. <laughs> it wasn't that. <laughs> like, it was a. It's a true sipping tequila. That's cool. It's a true sipping yeah. tequila. So it's um, that one in particular. I think it's just a. It's a great one. It's a. Really, I can see really getting through that pretty quickly. I, I yes, you can. You can. <laughs> I know for a fact that you can do that. <laughs> I've proven it. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm loving this. I will definitely probably grab some seconds here. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Are you uh, you ready for a sure? I, I am. It, you can't tell it because of the fanciness of my glass, <laughs> but it is gone. <laughs> yeah, we need, to, we need to freshen that up. Sure. I love how it has the bevel, and I'm like, mm, I'm not gonna use it. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a That's palm fine. guy. Go for it, man. Go and for I it. I'll catch up to you. Don't you worry. No worries. I'm no worry. No worry. We're not <laughs> racing not here. Worried. We're not racing. But if we were, you'd be winning. <laughs> So, um, I do want to ask you before we jump into this. It's sure. Kind of like a um, inaugural is not the word. It's a regular, recurring question we ask. Ooh. Is um, what are you? What's your perspective on alcohol? Mm. My, clearly, you're okay with drinking it. <laughs> I am. I am. I'm okay with drinking it. But I will tell you that I didn't drink. Um, I didn't drink alcohol at all um, until I was well into my adulthood, um, mm. and. Partially because I had a negative experience with alcohol as a kid. Mm. Uh, Very negative uh, experience where, you know, I saw the bad side of what alcohol could do to people. Yeah. Um, And I saw, you know, it was pretty rampant, you know, with family members, with friends, Mm. just a very negative experience. Mm. And so I I had decided that I was never going to drink alcohol. I was never going to do it. And and I um, I say true to that, and it wasn't difficult by any stretch yeah. of the imagination because uh, you know it's one of those things where like I was like I I'm okay without it. Like yeah. I have a great time. I think most people are respectful when you say that too. Yeah, like I, I yeah. it wasn't it wasn't because of uh, you know religious reason. It wasn't because of a health reason. It wasn't because of anything except for just a decision mm. that I that I made for myself because of. What I saw as a kid, and yeah. I didn't want to, um, I, I didn't want to emulate that trauma. I didn't want to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, really, I, I didn't want to find out if I was going to be that person, right, yeah, that I saw, huge. right? Yeah. 
And then later on in life, um, I started learning. Um, I wanted to be a chef. Mm. I really wanted to be a chef. And in fact, I took about two years to actually study um, Italian cuisine. Really? I did. And I, st- I learned more and more about every time <laughs> we talk. <laughs> yes. Now, when I say I studied, I studied on my own. No. Okay, so, yeah. like, I, a little I was. YouTube University. <laughs> yes, basically. I was doing a whole bunch of that. like trial and error, testing certain things. I would go to cooking classes, you know, and, and uh, but it was these individual cooking classes. But, but I, um, but I learned that in Italian cooking, that wine is a very common thing to kind of use mm. in pastas and, in, uh, you know, different sauces and things yeah. of that nature. So I yeah. wanted to know what it was like to for that taste, right? Mm. So that's why red wine was the first thing that I had ever tried, right? Makes sense. So yeah. I was using different red wines from different parts of Italy mm. to understand the difference and to understand what it was gonna, what effect it was gonna have on the dish that I was making yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. And um, through that process, it kind of like taught myself that I, I do have control, mm. that I don't have to be excessive about it at all. Yeah, um, absolutely. I really started to learn my tolerance level. Mm. And I felt, I've always felt in control of it, you know, That's even cool. when I went to tequila, at least go and tried tequila for the very first time. Yeah. It was a different type of experimentation and uh, <laughs> definitely went way overboard um, yeah. at that event. But I didn't have a bad experience, mm. right? It was very, mm. it was very like educational. It was very like fun. I yeah, was around cool. a group of people that I really enjoyed. We had a great time. Yeah. And then, you know, the next day, it wasn't like a bad experience for me. Like I didn't have a hangover mm. and I wasn't like, you know, so again, it wasn't, it was one of those things where I, I kept having these experiences where I learned that it yeah. doesn't have to be negative. Absolutely. And I don't have to be out of control with it. Right. That's cool. And so even now, I, yeah. I don't drink a lot by any stretch of the imagination. It's just like, like on occasion, you know, yeah. socially and every once in a while, I'll, I may randomly go grab something for myself, right? That I want uh, to try. try. Yeah. But I get, but I almost, it's almost like I give it purpose, right? Like I want to try That's it cool. because I'm either interested in the history of how we got made mm. Or mm. I'm interested in what it might taste like in a particular food. That's um, cool. I tried, when I first tried bourbons, I tried bourbons for the very first time in Louisville, Kentucky. Mm. And I started like learning about the whole, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a fantastic <laughs> place to find out about <laughs> bourbons, by the way. You're going to learn about bourbon. <laughs> yeah. You should totally learn about bourbons, whiskeys, scotch, oh. and the difference of all of them. There's so much. Yeah. There's, there's a lot there. And then you hop into the mixology side of everything. It, yeah. It's like cooking. It opens up this whole new world. It does. It does. And I, yeah. think, I think that's where I had kind of a change for myself mm. in that I wasn't afraid to try it anymore, right? Like I had kind of, cool. it was almost like I kind of healed myself through that mm. process, right? And, mm. and gave myself a different experience than what I had known as a kid, right? Yeah. And fortunately none of those people were actually drinking any really good liquor. They were drinking like really cheap stuff. And so I could say, gave myself an excuse, you know, like that's usually self-medication. <laughs> yeah. It was more like, they just drank cheap stuff. So that's, that's, that's what their problem is, you know, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, but honestly, like I think, you know, um, drinking responsibly is a, a really important thing, but yeah. it's not just important so that you don't get out of control. It's mm. actually important because I've learned so much more about it. Mm 
by being intentional about what I like that whole story that I told you about yeah. this tequila, like that makes it that much more interesting. Absolutely. And you have a different experience with this tequila as a result of like you yeah. could have just taken it and shot it back and be like, oh yeah, that's good. That's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. I would never know. But it's you true. would never know, right? And you wouldn't have paused and been intentional about understanding yeah. how it affects your body. Right? Absolutely. And and understand that that effect on your body can have an effect on what you experience from it and how mm. good it is and things of that nature, you know. So yeah. like because I think I've had really great experiences of kind of being introduced to it the right way. Like I have a much healthier relationship, I think, with alcohol now That's than I cool. do um, than I did as as a as a kid, you know, mm. kind of growing up. Mm. But I'm I'm very glad that I waited um, because I yeah. don't believe that I would have been mature enough to handle the same experiences at a younger age because mm. I just wasn't mm. as um, intentional about wanting to learn something about it. You know yeah, what I mean? The art when behind it. Right. Like yeah. when I was a kid and, and even when I like, you know, you like, oh, you're 21 now. You can go and drink. <laughs> it's like, but why? Like what? I mean, like right. I'm just doing it just to be doing it or or That's... is there something to really learn from it or is yeah. there something to experience yeah. out of it? Yeah, you get drunk. Okay, but then not what? Like, yeah, like, like, it's not, it's not, not that, that great. great. Right, <laughs> it's not. But like, it, like truly you know, getting, giving yourself an opportunity to learn what it tastes like hmm. and understanding the the effect that it has on your palate, the effect that it has on the, the aromatics, yeah. you yeah. know, on how it smells. Like all those things are actually like very, like they're, they're missed by the vast majority of us that drink, yeah. right? Because you can get the There's same experience from so a bourbon. so much behind everything. It yeah. is. You can get the same experience from a bourbon or whiskey, mm -hmm. you know, like there's all these different great spirits that yeah. are out there and you got these guys that are spending their entire lives trying to figure out like the right, you know, mix of it all. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, understanding that like Christian brothers out in, in California. Mm. Um, I went to the Christian brothers. Um, it used to be a monastery. Oh, no way. It was a monastery and it was an accident that they came up with rum because um, downstairs where they were curing, you know, mm. um, or kind of like allowing it to just kind of sit and whatnot, was actually like a cathedral down there. <laughs> it's a beautiful place. That's I cool. mean, just absolutely gorgeous. And then they took a swig of what they were like allowing to sit and ferment. Mm. And they were like, okay, Not this bad. is kind of good. Jesus, kinda good. Been <laughs> exactly. Hey, Friar, you should come and try this. <laughs> heavenly potion here you know <laughs> but yeah like i mean it's yeah, you know there's uh there's such a rich history around the discovery of all of these things you know and i think um that's cool giving yourself an opportunity to really kind of learn um about that history and you know, learn about the effects that it actually has on you and taking your time with it right so that you yeah. don't feel like you're getting out of control again i had a very um traumatized fear of what it was mm. going to do to me and how it was going to make me behave but i think i learned over time how to regulate myself a lot better because yeah. I had a much more mature way of actually looking at why I wanted to drink and why I wanted to even try anything. Yeah, you know? that's so, huge. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I definitely have a much more positive outlook on alcohol, and I think I think there's a opportunity for people to have better experiences. They just need to kind of take their time with it and mm. and not rush into anything from a peer pressure perspective or just to say that I drank something. Like, don't right. do that. Just like learn about it because I yeah, think it, it makes it a much better experience when you do. Yeah. I agree with that. That's yeah. great. I love it. I endorse. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I want to, I want to jump into it cause, uh, sure. 
Omnium Circus. Mm. And Omnium Circus. Ooh, here we go. <laughs> and uh, I will say, so for those faithful listeners, you guys should know by now. <laughs> so when I was in school, I had a classical education growing up. Oh, and so okay. the way I explain that basically means instead of learning Spanish or French, mm-hmm. I learned Latin. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> so, and omnium, that's a Latin word. It is. So I, I took off my, I put back on my high school Latin hat. And I was okay. Like, Let me see if I can figure out what the intention was behind the name. Okay. Before I like you, this. Before you give the full explanation of yeah. everything. Yeah. What did you learn? So for me, and I wrote it down because I'm like, I'm not going to remember in the moment. <laughs> I love it. I love so, it. So uh, it's the genitive case because mm-hmm. you have all these different declensions and endings inside of it's a it's a romance language. There's different mm-hmm. endings. So it's the case of omnis or omnis, mm-hmm. which means all. Yes. And then in the genitive case, it means of. So it adds mm-hmm. an of all. Mm-hmm. So that makes it possessive. Mm-hmm. So the omnium circus would mean it's an all inclusive or including yes. all. Oh my god. Am I right, dude? <laughs> you. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> yes. You literally nailed it. High school Latin, let's go. <laughs> oh, what that education is well paid for. I don't know. Thanks, mom. <laughs> yes. yes. Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> like, no, seriously, like you nailed it. Like, it, it, it's it, that is the purpose of Omnium is to make it a form for entertainment for all hmm. and truly in the sense of all, right? Yeah. Because uh, a, a, a very typical, a, not just circus, but just about anywhere, right? Movies, yeah. concerts, and, and all the like. There's a lot more people now that are bringing someone who can do sign language, you know, as an mm. interpreter off yeah. to the side. But by and large, the 16 to 18% of the population in the U.S. that has some form of a disability can't mm. enjoy a lot of those, that entertainment. Yeah, yeah. And so Omnium was formed not only to just kind of entertain all, but also to kind of educate all Mm. and um, a particular interest in employing all, okay? Mm. So Omnium Circus is designed to entertain the entire family. And by that, what we mean is if you have someone in your family who is you know, who has uh, a physical disability or Mm. who um, may be deaf or maybe Mm. partially blind or even completely blind. Or if you have someone in your family who's neurodiverse, you know, uh, people that are are bipolar or Mm. have um, some other, you know, kind of mental, you know, um, ability to kind of make them think a little bit differently. Yeah. Omnium caters to every one of those. And in the form of making sure that sound, light, entertainment, the cadence for the entertainment, all of it um, is is geared towards entertaining and, and impacting hmm. all those people without triggering all of those people. That's cool. Right? Yeah. So it it's a form where everyone can um, actually be entertained and we hmm. choose, we even choose our venues in a manner in which allows it to be accessible to everyone, right? And yeah, we want to so make good. sure that everyone can get in and get out safely and hmm. we want you to be able to, to sit and, and be entertained and understand um, that you are a part of the, you know, the, so the show itself, right? Yeah. Um, when I say employ, what I mean by that is about 40% of the people that are working, um, you know, on staff with Omnium mm. actually have some form of a disability. 
And wow. so part of the mindset that we that we take with that is that, you know, A, we want to be uh, stewards of our own, you know, kind of um, mantra, right? Like we want to yeah. do what we, we're asking other people to do. Mm. So about 40% of the people that work with um, Omnium have some form of disability. And even those that are on the board or volunteers and um, all the like, may have mm. some form of a disability and we have a place for for different people right yeah and that's intentional and we're continually to and we're continuously trying to reach out to people with different types of disabilities um in order to find opportunities to to bring them in to either work with omnium or mm. to work with other entertainment sources that we have networks for right but we also want to encourage other employers to be thoughtful about yeah. how some of their job descriptions may be excluding those folks, mm. right? Or mm. to make them more mindful of the fact that the that um, we may have uh, kind of prejudged and not given yeah. those folks an opportunity to do certain things that we have. And I'll give you an example. Mm. We have someone um, that works on the staff who has Down syndrome, and he actually helps us with our social media. Mm. And that is not typically the person that would get interviewed for those jobs unfortunately right yeah, yeah. but he does a freaking fantastic job like he's it's amazing it's amazing and and he's 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 enthusiastic he loves the circus so and cool. and he tells great stories about who we are and what we do you know wow. and um one of the best like at you know on site at a show like being excitable and mm. and telling people about the show like it's it's great right um, so cool. The other thing that we will do is when we put on a show at, um, you know, in any particular location is we typically will reach out to the School of the Blind, the School of the Deaf, mm. or, you know, um, different veterans organizations that have mm. like disabled veterans organizations. And we will ask if they'd like to volunteer to work with the circus while we're That's there. So, cool. so we can have people with different abilities handing out tickets or mm. helping us out with lights or helping us out with sound i mean you you yeah. heard the sound right and mm -hmm. very particular about that right yes but we do that intentionally again because impressive. yeah right like it's really it's good like, it's really yeah so i i saw the show um two weeks ago now yes two yeah. weeks ago and it was incredible yeah it was one of those where it's like because i've heard you talk about it yeah but i didn't really know what to expect sure and then when you go and see it, you're like this is legit yeah. <laughs> like, you know it's it like is. even in, even yeah. in my mind it's like I like to consider myself a pretty um, inclusive person. Sure, sure. But even then, it's like there's connotations. Yeah. And like when you hear yeah. about this kind of circus, there's a there's a mindset that's attached to it. Like, okay, oh, it it's, it's going to be cheaper. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> and then so, you go and so it's that's like, what oh, yeah. this is incredible. I've never it seen is. stuff like this. What you get for the for what you pay for that ticket yeah. is amazing. Absolutely, it really is amazing. And part of that is just because of our our youth. Like, it's a young organization, and we're going to get to the point where we, you know, we want to try to draw a crowd, so we want to yeah. make it manageable for folks. But I think the reality is, and and what you saw was, you know kind of a subset of, of the full circus that we can yeah. actually bring to the table, right? Yeah. And we do that to kind of, it's like economies of scale, right? We've we've got a, we know what our price point is going to be at the, you know, for the circus, but we have to pay all of those entertainers and we right. pay them um, well. We pay them, cool. you know, exceptionally well because we don't want to, 
you know, have those performers come in and not get paid what they're mm. worth. And that's part of our, our mantra that's too, good. is that we will not sacrifice um, on, you know, paying everyone what they're worth and what they yeah, will bring to the good. table. I mean, these are world-class performers who yeah. have performed with Ringling Brothers, um, who incredible. have performed for other circuses around the world. Um, and a lot of them, I think about 30... I think about 30% of them actually come from other countries. Oh, wow. um, and I want to say that we counted about 13 different countries that we have represented across all the performers that we have performing. Yeah. So it's, it's, wow. it's incredibly diverse and, um, and not just uh, from an ethnicity perspective, yeah. geographical, um, but also abilities perspective. Right. Um, there is some incredible thing. I mean, right. even to like on the, on the larger side, seeing someone shoot a bow and arrow upside down with their feet <laughs> and hit the target. Yes, <laughs> yes. I would have dropped that thing immediately right, right. if I could even get into a handstand. <laughs> and exactly. then And then yeah. um, Kara, the other, the other person who's with yes. us, she can't stop talking about these two clowns that did a whole <laughs> scene with bubbles. Right. <laughs> like, it's, that's the, it, it's the most crazy yeah. thing I've ever heard, but it was incredibly entertaining it is it's it, the show itself is amazing yeah it is truly amazing um from the the, the clowns that did the bubble act to um the the star of the show who yeah. is is an able-bodied young man mm. right because the story is about this able-bodied young man who is was actually inspired by all these amazing yeah. things that people can do but he sees people that have uh, disabilities yeah. performing these amazing acts and he becomes even more inspired right mm. so the idea behind that again very intentional the idea behind that is to inspire people that are able-bodied to look at other people with disabilities not only because you can be inspired by what they can accomplish mm. but also to realize what is possible yeah. Right. Because a yeah. lot of times we put limitations on them because we believe, you know, that uh, they probably can't handle this or they probably won't do this. Yeah. Right. And and we don't give them those opportunities and we don't mm. reach out to them intentionally mm. to try to give them different opportunities. Right. Yeah. But then if we can change our mindset you know, on that, then mm. we can also change our mindset from an ethnicity perspective. Yeah. yeah. Which is, again part of the reason why we showcase so much ethnicity in mm. the in the show and the star of the show is actually a black male right, right. and that's intentional because mm. we want to make sure that we're putting forward all of the different diversities right and yeah. showing that the diversity is what is so powerful that's cool and that 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 diversity can win people over to understand that there is so many more possibilities the the name yeah. of the show by the way is i'm possible and it's yeah. absolutely wordplay right on <laughs> taking breaking up impossible mm. and making the individual possible right yeah. and allowing yeah. you the opportunity to do those things so it's 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 laden with um lessons of equity and laden with um lessons of diversity and inclusion mm -hmm. right and it's it, it's all intentional because um again we believe wholeheartedly that we as humans need to change in how we believe yeah. that we can include more people mm. in creating beautiful and amazing things. Mm. And we're able to accomplish that through Omnium Circus. So That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, and you guys do it really well. I mean, I think what's cool about it too is when I was watching it, it's it opens me up to 
a, a side of the world that I don't see. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's what's really cool. Yeah. That's it's what you're saying is like we we put these um, sometimes unrealistic um, expectations on people with disabilities. Yeah. Um, to be like, oh, well, that's too much for them, or they can't handle right. that. But we have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go and watch something like this, and it's like I'm being opened up to a world that I've I don't get exposed to. Right. And realize like they could probably do more than me. Right. <laughs> Right. They can't. And, and they, I'm technically an able-bodied person. <laughs> technically. <laughs> <A> textbook. <laughs> yes. And, and I think that's, that's a very powerful way of saying that too, um, you know, Paul, because I think, um, well, let me ask you this question. Mm. When, do you remember the last deaf person that you saw? I would say it'd be the circus probably. Okay. Do you yeah. remember the last blind person that you saw? I uh, don't. Do you remember? <laughs> maybe. Do you Let's remember? <laughs> right. Do you remember the um, the last person that you saw that had bipolar? Mm. Um, I don't. Right. Yeah. And and do you remember the last disabled person that you saw? Mm, I do. Okay. Yeah. And and why do you why did you why do you remember that? And I would say it's because it's um, outside of what I'm normally seeing. Right. And and yeah. what did you see? Were they like in a wheelchair or were they on crutches or? No. So it was actually somebody um, at my church with, with Down syndrome. With Down syndrome. Yeah. Okay. So there's physical traits that you can see. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So people that are deaf, people that are blind, people that have different type of mental abilities, right, yeah. or, or disabilities, and even sometimes people who have physical handicaps mm. go largely unnoticed. Mm. We walk past them in life all the time, and we yeah. never really see them. Mm. There's, there's mm. Um, since I kind of started talking about Omnium Circus here at, at Catapult, yeah. there's been three people that have come up to me and told me that they had a disability. No way. And you have no idea who they are, do wow. you? Wow. I, I wouldn't even know where to guess. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. I wow. mean, I didn't get a, a superpower to see the, the, the disabled <laughs> yeah. um, by working with the circus, but we, it, it's, it's inherently human that we mm. don't see those with disabilities yeah. Because we only focus on those that have abilities that are greater than ours. Mm. We're constantly mm. focused on the person that is prettier or stronger or taller yeah. or faster or something, right? Some other ability yeah. because those are the things that make us insecure. And so therefore, in turn, we typically mm. will ignore a lot of times those that have disabilities and also... Yeah. ignore what their needs might be, ignore mm. what it might take in order to help them be prosperous or to help them wow. be more secure, right? And to yeah. bring them into what we're doing, right? Um, do you know if you've ever had anybody disabled listen to your music? Mm. Uh, I don't know that for sure. Exactly. Say that. Yeah. If you were to intentionally make a video with mm. someone that has sign language, do you think that you could reach someone that was deaf? Yeah, it would be way more approachable. Right. Yeah. And do you think that if you actually sent your podcast to someone at the School of the Blind, that they mm. might play your podcast? Mm. Right? Yeah. So the other part of the show and, and a lot of the mm. advocacy that we do is about teaching people to be intentional 
in your normal course of life. Yeah. Like those yeah. two examples that I gave yeah. to you are not hard for you to do at all. <laughs> right? Yeah. They're easy. They're not hard. They're very, very easy. <laughs> yeah. Just takes a little bit more effort, right? Mm. It's it's one more line on a project plan. It's it's one more thing on your to-do list. Mm. And what we're trying to really kind of advocate for is just that one more piece of effort, that one extra step mm. in order to make an accommodation. Because if we all made one extra step, yeah, then this world would be completely different. Right? Absolutely. Back in 20, I want to say it was like 2015, mm. there was a, a town in... Uh, I want to say it was in Europe. I'll, I'll get the video so I can send it to you. But it was very cool because uh, there was a young man who had just moved to the town. And he was deaf. Hmm. And um, he was being supported by a lot of different organizations in order to kind of help him get accommodated in this new town that he was going to be in. Yeah, But the town got together, small town, they all got together and they all went through eight weeks of sign language. Mm. So when he arrived, oh wow, um, they were sponsored by, um, I want to say it was Sony, mm. were sponsored by Sony and Sony um, set up all these different, um, you know, kind of uh, audiovisual AV uh, billboards, you know, where yeah. they would do sign language in order to kind of show him what the sign was saying. And he noticed as he was walking through the town that like, Hey, this is kind of cool. Like hmm. they got signs that have sign language on them. Right. Oh, the wow. videos are like, and I can see everything. And he had this lady who bumped into him and she, she, she looked back at him and she said, I'm sorry in sign language. Oh, wow. And he was like, Oh no, no problem. And he turned around and he was like, that was cool, you know? Yeah. And he kept walking through this town and he noticed that there were several people that was speaking sign language to him no until way. he got to the town center and then they threw up a bill, uh, you know, this video um, for him specifically, which That's was a message cool. to let him know that the entire town wanted to make sure that he felt welcome. Mm. And so they all took sign language in order to, to wow. better communicate with him and to create an environment for him that would allow him to, um, that would allow him to just feel comfortable, you know, in that, in yeah. that session. So it was, it was really nice. Right. Like, and it, and it, it literally took, wow, that was weird. Um, <laughs> it literally took them, I don't know, like eight to 12 weeks in order to kind of put all of that together. Right. Wow. Yeah. So if an entire town can take eight to 12 weeks to, you know, make one person feel completely comfortable. That's so cool. Imagine what they've actually done in that town to make more people feel comfortable, yeah. right? Yeah. Because I'm sure he wasn't the first to be in that town that had that had, was hearing impaired or deaf, wow. right? Like you give, you know, a little bit of effort, eight weeks. I mean, I've spent eight yeah. weeks doing a lot of like very unproductive stuff, you know, <laughs> <laughs> very unproductive. <laughs> but if you take eight weeks to kind mm. of like just learn sign language, That's like so how cool. different could someone else's life be as a yeah. result of you doing that, right? That's amazing. Right. I think so too. And I, I love the the tie into that. And it's funny, from I, I, t- I said this to you earlier, is that I was like, I was telling some people, Christians and non-Christians, who were asking like, oh, what's your episode going to be about? Yeah. I was like, oh, we're going to be talking about this circus. Right. I'm like, what does that have to do with theology? I'm like, have you ever read the Bible? <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of what this whole thing's about. Uh, yeah. It's... And I, I did want to spend a little bit of time and kind of tie that in. Sure. 
And it's speci- specifically, it's it's funny because like you've pretty much already said all the points. <laughs> <laughs> good. So good. I'm basically just kind of reemphasizing. I him. read the script and I am <laughs> basically a savant. <laughs> he has stolen all of my points. <laughs> so that's the end of today. Uh, <laughs> no, and I think the biggest Cheers. one is, and I I've personally been spending a lot of time on this verse. Um, I just read through through Micah. Um, one of those minor prophets. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. It's pretty nice. Yeah, that's it's pretty good. You went to Micah. Like, I, know. Wow. I was like, I need a, I need like an actual theologian to help me understand what I'm reading. Get somebody that's off the grid here. Let's let's go to Micah. <laughs> that's how I do these days. I like it. But I like um, it. it's kind of the end of this. Of it's um, so Micah six eight, okay. and it's the end part of this, which has been really sticking with me a lot lately. Okay. Um, so in the end of it says, do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Mm. And the part that really stuck out to me, especially with what we're talking about here, is the do justice part. Mm-hmm. And like, what does that mean? Yeah. What does is, what is do justice, does that mean like take care of criminals? <laughs> <laughs> and um, when the Bible talks about that, it's um, it's always talking about, you know, how we as people are redefining what is good and what is evil. Sure. And how we use that redefinition to preserve ourselves mm-hmm. and make it easier mm. <laughs> for us. Mm. And um, when we're doing that, we can take advantage of people that are weaker than us. Yeah. People that are more maybe disadvantaged. Yeah. Um, and I have uh, another verse here, Micah, <laughs> two verses, uh, Numbers 5, um, 6 through 7. Okay. And it says, speak to the people of Israel when a man or woman commits any of the sins that people commit to um, by breaking faith with the Lord, and that person realizes his guilt, he shall confess confess his sin that he has committed, and he shall make full restitution for his wrong, adding a fifth to it and giving to him um, whom he did the wrong. Hmm. And so the reason I bring that up is because, I forget what the Hebrew word for it is, but well, when... Well, this is not a fifth, but I understand what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> it can be. <laughs> when we had the second. <laughs> gotcha. Sorry. Um, no, you're good. That. And so... When the Bible talks about justice and the word for that, it is not just about, um, you know, how we would typically think about in like a courtroom or something like that. Um, But it's about restitution. It's about making things right as correct, making them right, Mm -hmm. but then adding onto that. Yeah. And then we see later when Jesus comes, he makes it even harder. (laughs) You know, it's. um, So we are called to live as Christians, we're called to live by a moral code of conduct. And to treat others rightly. Mm-hmm. If we do wrong to someone, we are called to pay the consequences and restore those that we have done that we have wronged. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in Scripture, we see, especially with Jesus, he goes even a step further, <laughs> and he says he calls us to seek out those people that are vulnerable and being taken oh, advantage of, and help them out. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the whole story of what Jesus did. That was his job. That's like the that's that's all he yeah. did was walk around yeah. and. Speak to the deaf, speak to the blind, speak yeah. to those that were, you know, with leprosy, yeah, prostitutes, thieves. Um, those people that are perceived as vulnerable. Correct. And I think with that is... And, and those people who had traumas based on public perception. Yes. Right? Because even a leper was seemingly a, cr- a criminal in biblical yeah. terms, right? Like, yeah. because there was always this connotation of a curse, right? Mm. Or that your family yeah. had done something wrong. There's some sin in your Exactly. Life. There's yeah. some sin that had yeah. caused you to be physically disabled. Right. Right? Yeah. And so therefore, 
everybody should stay away. <laughs> yeah. Everybody should, like, <laughs> leave you, cash you to the side. It's right? crazy. Yeah. I mean, it really yeah. is. And, and I think and I, I, I love those we, points. When we just look at, you know, the law, it yeah. makes sense that that would be the case. Sure. When we look at it in just this black and white side, it's like, Correct. oh, well, that's a logical conclusion. Yeah. But then we see Jesus come and be like, no. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I think your earlier point was right. It's, it's about restitution, right? It's yeah. A, it's about finding the path to the greater good of all, right? And mm. what does that path really look like? And yeah. there are some injustices to, you know, to people, you know, like I, there, and that, this happens in the, in the job, um, in the workplace all the time. And when we talk about it for, uh, or I've talked about it quite a bit in some of the diversity work that I've done. Mm. And back in 19, I think the first law, 1954 was passed to uh, basically say that um, it's an Equal Pay Act. Mm. Basically, say mm. that if a woman is working in a job that is the equivalent to what this man's job is, you have to pay them <laughs> the exact same. What a novel thought, <laughs> right? <laughs> early 50s when the law first got, mm. you know, it wasn't like yeah. there wasn't like uproar about it before then, but it was the first time that the law had been signed was back mm. in 1954. Mm. Okay. So here we are. You come full um, circle back to 2019. No, it was, uh, it was 2017. I can't remember the exact year. Um, President Obama signs the Lily Ledbetter Act, mm. right? Yeah. Which said... If a woman is working the same job that another man is working, you have to pay her <laughs> the exact same thing. And in addition to that, here's how these women can file a lawsuit, a class action lawsuit. Mm. And here are some protections that allow them to do that, right? Wow. Now, yeah. that particular law, this was probably, I want to say, if I'm, if I am historically correct on this. I think this was either the fifth or the sixth time that that law had basically <laughs> kind of been resurfaced. Right. Yeah. And so it is not law that makes us abide by what we should do. Right. Right. It's, it's morality. Yeah. It's values. It's principle. Right. Mm -hmm. And in the context yeah. of all of that throughout, you know, the several years of history where women and even today still are only getting basically 70, 80% of what uh, average men mm. gets paid in their job right now in the equivalent jobs. Like that type of equality still has not happened over the years. It's almost a hundred years or more mm. that women have been fighting for this, right? And well beyond that. And then you think about the same context applied to different ethnicities. You think about, um, you know, what if it, you know, <laughs> the context that that happens to people with, to women, that are of different ethnicities. Mm. And then you think about the context to women in different ethnicities that may have a disability. Dang. And it just gets progressively worse yeah. the entire time, right? Mm. And why? Why does it get worse? Because there's law. <laughs> there's yeah. a, there's been law changed like five different times to say the same thing. It's like, okay, if there's a woman <laughs> that does the same <laughs> job as a man... Yeah, yeah. But you're just saying pay thing. her differently. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm I mean, hearing. That's, that's kind of like what what society has said is like. So what you're saying is 
don't pay her the same thing or like got it pay her less i get it loud and clear exactly it's like different different color paycheck is that what you want like it's do you want pink paper it's the most right it's the most ridiculous thing right so so why why what is it that stops Mm. us as a civilized society And actually like doing that. that thing, right? Like, what is <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah, you like to believe that we're civilized, right? So right. what is it that stops us from making that happen? That's a great question. If we all agreed <laughs> on that law, yeah. if we all support that law, why does it still persist mm. that it doesn't happen? Mm. And it's not just the bad actors. right? This is a very passive thing that happens mm. all the time mm. in the workplace is that we quite often have these disparities in and whether it's you know whether it's gender or race or abilities yeah. or all the different protected classes right They're yeah protected I mean, and not and still not have justice even to the side of like oh let's build this new building Ugh, wheelchair ramp that's too expensive oh exactly i'm kind of making that up but i'm sure it's been said <laughs> exactly 16 percent of the population in general, and, and, and almost every single city has some form of a disability. Mm. And in every parking lot, there's roughly about 1% of the parking spaces that are dedicated <laughs> to yeah. people with disabilities. And, and, you know, why? Yeah. Why? I didn't realize it was 16%. 16%. That's wild. And in some cities, it's even larger than that. Wow. Florida has a lot of cities that are way larger than that just really? because of the type of population that we have. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. in general, across the United States, it's roughly 16 to 18%. Wow. Fluctuates, obviously. Yeah. But then, but here's the other thing, is that not everyone that has a disability will tell you that they have a disability mm. because they're fearful mm. that by exposing that disability that it will also make yeah. you prevent them from doing stuff, right? Like um, I have a right. friend in New York yeah. who has um, epilepsy mm. and it wasn't until recently that she actually told her employer that she had epilepsy and she had to wow. because she was being triggered by the lighting that was in the office. Oh, wow. And she went, when she was working from home, it was heaven because she mm. could control everything and everything was, she could control her environment. Yeah. But they asked her to come back into the office and they had done this great refurb mm. and done all these different things with the lights and everything. But the lights um, was out of balance and it kept flickering. Oh, wow. And that flickering light was triggering her and she kept asking them over and over again to just change the light bulb. And they were like, why are you so upset about this light bulb? It's not that big of a deal. Wow. It just flickers. And it and to, you know, somebody without epilepsy. Yeah. yeah anyone without epilepsy it probably wouldn't bother them that much. You you might notice it and you're like, oh yeah. man, that's annoying. that's annoying. Right. Exactly. But you keep going. But with yeah. her, it was actually triggering her to have headaches, to have all types of different wow. Yeah, like all these different things. Yeah. And and you know, again, that's um it it's it's just one example mm. of how we create an environment where it's not safe. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying that that yeah. is the epitome of what we need to be doing. We need to change all the light bulbs and make sure that we don't trigger <laughs> epilepsy people. Right. It'd be yeah. nice if we did. But it's it's about creating the right environment to make people feel safe. Yeah. Where right? People with those are able to speak about it. Yeah. And not feel like there's going to be some kind of judgment on them. For exactly. That. Exactly. Yeah. That's and huge. It is. It totally is. Yeah. And I think that speaks to, I mean, a lot of it. That's what's crazy. Like when we think about culture itself in yeah. societies it's based around like tribalism in a lot of ways mm-hmm. it's like oh we're all part of this tribe there's a sameness to it yeah 
And then when yeah. we see people with differences, we're like, hmm, let's capitalize on this. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> you now have to build our pyramids, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so it's, it's interesting you say that because I think um, I, that is one thing that kind of gets very unnoticed about the reasons why we feel like there's so much disparity mm. is because when um, uh, a group is very homogenous, mm. it's very easy to get agreement amongst that group. To hmm. vote for hmm. or to believe that they, or to try to set a standard that is yeah. right for that homogenous group. Hmm. But when you add in, you know, diverse, you know, kind of abilities or ethnicities hmm. and all these different things, it becomes a little bit more complicated to come to yeah. one single thing yeah. that makes it right for everybody, right? Yeah. And it's very fair. complex and it takes a lot of effort. But I guess what we're saying at Omnium is that effort is worth it. Yeah. Because yeah. the reality is that the more complex that we become, the more we expand kind of our ideas and our imagination about what mm. is possible, right? Because mm. before you went to the circus, like, did you know that someone could actually flip over and shoot a bow and arrow out of their toes, right? Like, and no. I was like, <laughs> okay, well, what else can you do? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and, yeah. and, and, and again, it's, it's an example of what, you know, like it, of our our imagination being stretched beyond yeah. what we yeah. thought was really possible. We saw yeah. one couple that had crossbows. That made sense mm -hmm. to us, right? But then when you see someone, single person, contort their body to right. the point where they can shoot that same arrow it's crazy. from their feet and hit a target, like it's like, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> that's next level, you yeah. know? And so yeah. that's, I think um, it's, it's a, I think it's incumbent upon us as humans to be more mindful of the fact that uh, diversity is hard, inclusion is. is hard, um, but it's still worth the effort, yeah. right? Because the more that we include mm. more people, the more innovative and the more imaginative that we become. And, and mm. yes, it can be disruptive in some ways, but it doesn't mean that it takes away value from your life as a result of doing that, right? right? It actually broadens out the possibilities of what mm. your life can be when you can see so many different possibilities. Yeah, I think about that with, with music and with writing. Yes. Is because it's very easy. That's why sometimes it's like collaborations are so nice. Because it's very easy for me to get caught into like, well, it has to be like this. <laughs> like, this is how the yes. verse sounds. Yeah. And it can't sound different. <laughs> yeah. And then someone else comes in and be like, what if you tried this? And it's like, right. oh, my goodness. And yeah. all of a sudden, it opens up this whole new world. It totally does. Um, yeah. The other thought I had about that, too, in the same way, is like when you move in with, my case, like a roommate. Hmm. And some people, when you get married, <laughs> it's like there are those things that will bother each other. Yeah. But it doesn't make sense to the other person. Correct. Because, yeah. like, well, it doesn't bother you, so you don't think about it. Right. And even the story you told about the, the lights flickering. Yeah. Um, it's like, for a lot of people, it's probably annoying, because it's like, I don't care. Right. <laughs> the lights don't bother me. Yeah, It's exactly. maybe a little bit frustrating, but, like, at the end of the day, <laughs> I can go home and sleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's that. where we have yeah. to step outside of ourselves and learn, well, how do, we, how do we treat each other really well? Yes. And we're not good at doing that. We're not. <laughs> I, I think um, I've my faith in uh, that human capacity to be good mm. um, has has absolutely bloomed um, as a result of working with the folks over at mm. uh, at Omnium Circus, That's right? Cool. Yeah. Um, but I will say that um, 
the reason why my optimism about it has bloomed is because I can see the intentional effort. Yeah. Right. And that's, yeah. that I think is the real difference is knowing that, um, it takes effort in order to get it done mm. and seeing people who relentlessly and tirelessly and very happily make that effort. Yeah. I think it's a yeah. very different mindset for, you know, for, for just humans in, de- in general, mm. um, because our first, um, a lot of times our first, uh, instinct is, um, uh, to be afraid of it and, yeah. and to be, I, I don't want to call it lazy, but just not want to put that effort towards it. Right. Even in like the most basic side of it, it's like it costs so much more money. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like just in time alone. It's like to be able well, to prep all that. You can't just walk in somewhere and be like, done, ready to go. Well, so that's a great point. It takes, it takes money allocated to a different place. Yes. Right? Yes. It's the same money that you would have spent over here. Yeah. And now you're just diverting that money to a different place, right? Yeah. And and the tendency is for everyone to believe that because I have to divert my money to this other place, that means that this thing doesn't get mm. any money anymore. Mm. Right? But what I'm saying is that the moment that you divert your money to this different place, yeah, you open yourself up to a new audience. That's cool. You open yeah. yourself up yeah. to a different possibility in terms of like channels in which you can like push that thing, right? That's cool. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you can't go back to and still rely on that other thing. You can. Mm. But now because of the new revenue or profits that are coming from mm. this new audience that you have, yeah. now you can do both, right? That's cool. Yeah. If, I mean, think about that, right? Like, I mean, the reality yeah. is um, uh, airplanes that are now starting to take seats out and make them more handicap acceptable, accessible, mm. right? Knew that they were missing a market. Mm. Knew that they needed to transport people who have disabilities and needed yeah. to make it a little bit more accommodating. How many times have you been to the airport and they push in a wheelchair up to the front, right? right. There's right. a lot of people that need that accommodation and they yeah. were just missing the opportunity to do so. Right. Mm. So it doesn't mean that it That's takes cool. away from anything. It right. means that you just divert it somewhere else. Yeah. Create a new possibility. Innovate. Right. Become yeah. Yeah. more open and more inclusive of those folks. And then, boom, all of a sudden you are the go to. Mm. Right. That's cool. I like the way you said that, because, I mean, that's. That's huge. <laughs> right. Because it, it, it really is it really like, is. it's that idea of we're just expanding things. Because there is that like AB side of it that we were talking about mm-hmm. where it's like, or that you said, it's like, well, you think just because you have to move it over here, it's like, oh, this is gone. <laughs> but it's like, no, you've just done this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just said, uh, there's a different way to do this that's better. Right. And let's let's work on that. It is. And I would say like, even if it's, even if it's better just in the case of you gave people the opportunity to experience something they couldn't experience Correct. before. Correct. Absolutely. I think that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so much more powerful, right? Because yeah. you're you're speaking to an audience and you're trying to convey an experience that they just don't understand because they've never had the opportunity to really take mm. advantage of it. Mm. And then once you give them the ability to access it. Yeah. Now you got a whole nother story because now you can take that language and the way that they experience things mm. and you can tell it to people that are just like them. Right? That's cool. And you yeah. can actually say, use their language, use their words in order to experience it and, and to talk about that experience yeah. and say, we can do this for you too. Hmm. 
because that person's not going to always go through that one experience, right? Like, right. but there's right. other people like them that want to go through that experience, right? That's cool. And so, when you can do that and you can start to speak to a different audience than what you've ever spoken to before, yeah. then it just it, again, it just it broadens your audience. It gives you more people that you can touch with the thing that you're trying mm. to like promote, whatever That's service, cool. whatever product it is, or whatever message you're trying to convey if you can speak to those people that are typically not hearing you yeah yeah there's That's nothing cool. but up upward you know kind of mobility mm. that you get out of, as a result of all of that that's cool so i'm gonna put you on the spot here a little bit yeah so what let's just say the average person mm-hmm. um average person listening they have a <laughs> nine to five job <laughs> yes what are some practical ways people in that position can do justice, Ooh. help those people. Oh man! Wow, we'll, we're gonna need another two hours for me to <laughs> get through that. Top, top two, top two. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think um, so. Uh, the first thing is to ask questions mm. um, and not be afraid to ask those questions. Right? Mm. Um, I think uh, far too many people, um, especially in the workplace, far too many people don't ever take the um, take the step to get to know someone that is different than them, mm. right? So let me ask you a question. Yeah. And I, I won't stay on it long, but I, I want to make this point. Um, the Think about the first time that you ever felt different. Mm. Got it. And give me three <laughs> words that describe how you felt when you knew that you were different. Mm. Three words. Alienated, uncomfortable, vulnerable. Mm. Alienated, uncomfortable, and vulnerable. Yeah. Right? Okay. Now, instead of thinking about what you felt like when you were different, tell me about a time when you knew that you were in a diverse environment. And what are three ways to describe how you felt when you were in a diverse environment? Hmm. When I was in a diverse environment, mm-hmm. so I was just part of the <laughs> the average. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a good question. I've never thought about that before. Oh, I'm on the spot. I was trying to put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's <laughs> no, that's great. And I, I guess I'm having trouble with that because I don't think I felt really any different. Exactly. I didn't fall for it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Inherently, as a human, when we feel different, Hmm. we feel uncomfortable, we feel vulnerable, we feel like we don't belong. Yeah. Right? So when we know that other people feel different in an environment, then we know that they're experiencing those emotions, Hmm. right? Hmm. But if we were to create a diverse environment... Mm. Nobody feels those negative experiences. Yeah. Diversity is the same thing as actually mm. being in an environment where you're different. Mm. Yeah. It's just everyone's different. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I said cool the exact way. same question to you. I just used two different vocabulary words. Yeah. It's describing yeah. the same environment. But when I said you're different. Mm. You immediately f- associated that with negative feelings, right? Yeah. So when someone yeah. feels different, hmm. 
it's because you feel alienated. It's because you feel uncomfortable, right? Mm. And you don't, when you don't create an environment where it's not an environment where people feel different, but an environment where people feel like they're in a diverse environment, mm. then you created something much more positive, right? And, and even yeah. in some cases, yeah. just neutral, right? Like you don't feel those negative experiences. If you can just get yeah. to neutral, right? then you have something to build off of. Like in your mind, when you when I said a diverse environment, you felt like you could contribute. Right. Right? Right. You felt like you could contribute. You yeah. felt like it was a white space like that you could like give something to it, right? To kind of give it some color or to give it some context right. or something like that, right? So yeah. and that's that's really what we're trying to create, right? Is this environment cool. where people don't feel different anymore. Because mm. if we mm. can create an, a diverse environment, where it just feels like I have the ability. The more diversity that you see, yeah, yeah. the more you feel like it's not so homogenous and you don't feel different. You That's don't cool. feel an alienated, right? Yeah. You don't feel uncomfortable because it's not even a defined space anymore. Yeah. yeah. And it gives you an opportunity to kind of like come into it and, and feel like you're gonna contribute, right? Mm. So your That's question cool. so your question to me was yeah. about say it again. Like how does how does a nine to fiver contribute? Someone just right? a regular person, right? Because I think, and I'll say this was because I think with a lot of what we were talking about is maybe people with some kind of authority or a platform. Yeah. So it's like it's easy for I think yeah. it's easy to take what we were talking about and someone who's like I just go to work and I go yeah. home, and kiss the wife, go to bed. Exactly. To be like, well, yeah, they should do that. Yeah. So exactly. Like, what, what can I do? Right. Yeah. So um, I had another colleague of mine uh, that asked me a, a very similar question mm. um, a couple of years ago. And, it, and I told him to do um, a couple of things. So the first thing I said was um, the next time that you're in a room where, um, you know, you have a group of, of peers or senior leaders that are in um, that environment. Mm say one nice thing about someone that doesn't look like you. Mm. Say something about their skill, mm. their expertise, mm. or their contribution to make sure that there is, and, and make sure that there is an audience that that type of information is valuable for, right? Mm. If you're in an environment where you want somebody to notice you and to know what you can, what your expertise is, what your skill is, or what your mm. contribution is, mm. if you're in that environment, say something about someone else that doesn't look like you, that will allow you the opportunity to elevate someone that doesn't look like you. So that's the first that's thing cool. that you can do to kind of elevate. For those who are wondering why we're laughing, someone keeps opening the Walking door. Walking the door, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So it gives you an opportunity to kind of elevate and empower somebody that is not even in the room, right? Wow. But yeah. somebody that is different than you, mm. right? Mm. And if someone can hear you speaking about somebody that looks different than you, then they're not looking at you as being that person that you're trying to, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. there's so many different like ways that that is, is powerful. But the, the most important to me is that you are actually giving someone that looks different than you an opportunity to mm. be seen yeah. even yeah. when they're not in the room. Okay. That's cool. So it's the first thing. The the second thing um, that I think everybody can absolutely do is to find a way um, through LinkedIn or through some other type of public forum mm. to actually advocate for somebody that doesn't look like you. Mm. Okay. So the second thing that I asked him to do, I said, um, you know, 
later on this evening, I want you to um, go on LinkedIn and I want you to write a recommendation for somebody that it does not look like you. Mm. Say something powerful mm. about them that would absolutely make somebody want to like recognize them and maybe even steal them from mm. this company, right? Mm. Like say something that powerful, right? That's cool. And if you can't think of anyone or anything that that person can, you know, that's going to take it there, mm. then you need to go and find out who they are. Mm. You need to go learn more about them. That's cool. Because that'll tell you how much you've invested in trying to learn about somebody that is different than you. If you mm. can't take, like, mm. you mean to tell me that you're, you believe that you can go to a holiday party or a town hall or some other type of, uh, you know, kind of public, you know, forum to celebrate the success of your company. Mm but you can't think of one person that doesn't look like you that mm. has contributed to that. Mm. Not one. Wow. And if you can't do it, that's what I'm saying. If you can't, yeah. then you need to go find them. You need to learn more about them. Get to know them. That's cool. Find out what they're contributing. What are you working on? Mm. I'm not saying go and be their best friend. I'm saying yeah. go ask them, what are you working on? That's cool. How, how did you get into this? Mm. Like what made you want to do this? And like, what do you like about what you're doing? What was the last project that you really felt proud of? That's cool. Have we ever worked together at all? Mm. What's a way that we could, you know? Like, mm. let's think of something crazy that we could potentially do together, right? Like, find yeah. a way to connect with that person in a way that helps you to better understand who they are. And when you go through that process of learning from them or learning something about them, then take a moment to write that recommendation. Yeah. That's cool. I love that. I think we probably got to wrap it up. I think our time might be over. It might be. I think it is. I don't know. I don't know who's doing that, but I think they're kicking us out. Okay. All right. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you sharing all of this. Sure. Um, It's convicting for me and encouraging. Convicting to make me think, be like, what have I done? What can I do? Sure. Absolutely. Um, And I hope the same for all of you guys listening. So do I. Because I think it's so I. such an important thing, especially as Christians, to be like, let's let's do justice. Sure. Let's let's yes. help those people that have been taken advantage of and let's raise them up to the place that we are instead of continuing to push them further down. Absolutely. I agree. One thousand percent agree. So that's cool. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. This was fun. Is there anything that you would like to like to plug before we before we yeah, start? Yeah, well, um, I, there's so many different things. I, I I think I would encourage everyone to just just be a better human than you were yesterday. Like mm. I, I think more than anything, I think we need, just need to investigate ourselves and um, interrogate ourselves to understand why we don't have a more diverse group of people around us mm. um, that are either empowering or encouraging to our to our own you know kind of uh, expertise, our own heart, yeah. you know, our own emotions, and then go and seek those people out to see what we can find, what you can discover and, um, and explore. Don't be afraid to explore mm. that because I think there's so much more to learn. It's very easy to get intimidated by it, but I think if you just lean into it a little bit, even yeah. a little bit, yeah. you start to build up the courage that it takes in order to continue to do that over and over and over again. Just Put it into practice. Like it's, mm. I, I've made great friends um, here in a bunch of different places just because I'm very intentional about, you know, kind of asserting myself in a very awkward yeah. way sometimes, you know, like <laughs> I have no idea what we're going to learn here, but like, let's, let's try happens. to figure this out. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I love that. 
And um, I'm going to put a link down for Omnium Circus in the description. Oh, that'd be too. great. So you guys that'd better be check that out. Yes, please You'll do. love it. There's videos attached there, too. You can kind of get a little taste of it. Yes, absolutely. Um, and it'll blow your mind. And then you see <laughs> them. Check to see when so they're too. coming to to you guys. Yeah, 2024 and is when we're going to start our, our tour dates up again. Um, so, perfect. Yeah, February 2024 is when we're going to – I think it's going to be in New York. Okay. Um, and uh, we've been doing great in New York, so really That's looking so forward cool. to that show. And we got Arizona – um, Tysus Corner, Virginia, a few other places that are on the website. So I'll That's make amazing. sure you get that. So yeah, thank even you. if it's a state away, it's worth yes. it's worth seeking out. It's totally I worth promise. It. I can promise you that. <laughs> it was a great time. I yes. The only time I've been to the circus is probably when I was like twelve, <laughs> and I don't really remember it at all. Sure. But going there, it was it was incredible. It was really awesome. Fun. Good. I loved it. I'm Everyone glad you enjoyed else, it. You'll love it too. So. <laughs> Yes, you will. You and definitely will. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. And for watching, if you, if you are. <laughs> <laughs> and I will talk to you hopefully sooner rather than later.